Coming up this week, Mercedes-Benz plans a 620-mile EV. I get a look at the Audi e-tron GT RS and the Tesla Model S Plaid. Rivian gets another $2.5 billion investment and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 73 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. This week was packed with EV news and will be audio only, so if you've stumbled across this on YouTube, just have it open in a tab on the side while you're doing your other stuff. Uh, Nothing to watch this time, and in fact, the next few weeks will be audio only because... Next weekend, I'm driving out to Kansas, and then the following weekend, I'll be driving back, so I I honestly won't have time to do any video. Audio, I can get done in a few hours. Adding video literally takes me all day. So, just bear with me the next couple weeks. I will get back to having the video up on YouTube, I promise. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto & Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Okay, so first up, Mercedes-Benz is back in the news this week with plans to go all electric by the end of the decade. According to a press release out Wednesday, they say by 2022, Mercedes-Benz will have battery electric vehicles in all segments the company serves. From 2025 onwards, all newly launched vehicle architectures will be electric only and customers will be able to choose an all-electric alternative for every model the company makes. They say to facilitate this shift, Mercedes-Benz is unveiling a comprehensive plan which includes significantly accelerating research and development. And in total, investments into battery electric vehicles between 2022 and 2030 will amount to over 40 billion euro. Accelerating and advancing the EV portfolio plan will bring forward the tipping point for EV adoption. They do plan on having vertical integration similar to many other companies that are starting to realize that control over your supply chain and everything else is very important. Mercedes-Benz will deepen the level of vertical integration into manufacturing and development and in-source electric drive technology. This step includes the acquisition of UK-based electric motor company Yasa. With that deal, Mercedes will gain access to their unique axial flux motor technology and expertise to develop the next generation of ultra-high-performance motors. As far as batteries goes, Mercedes-Benz say they will need battery capacity of more than 200 gigawatt hours and plans to set up eight gigafactories for producing cells together with its partners around the world. This is in addition to the already planned network of nine plants dedicated to building battery systems. Next generation batteries will be highly standardized and suitable for use in more than 90% of all Mercedes-Benz cars and vans while being flexible enough to offer individual solutions for all customers. With regard to cell manufacturing, Mercedes-Benz intends to team up with new European partners to develop and efficiently produce future cells and models, a step that ensures that Europe will remain at the heart of the automotive industry even in an electric era. Perhaps my favorite part of their press release, not to discount how important all of the other things are, they talked about the Vision EQXX. 
Mercedes-Benz is currently developing the Vision EQXX, an electric car with a real-world range of more than 620 miles, targeting a single-digit figure for energy usage at over 6 miles per kilowatt hour at normal highway driving speeds. That is unheard of. Nobody else is doing anything even close to that. Even Hyundai, and, and they're super, super efficient. They are using experts from the Mercedes-Benz F1 high-performance powertrain division, and they're making rapid progress towards the project's ambitious goals. They say the world premiere will be in 2022, and the technological advances made with the Vision EQXX will be adapted and applied for potential use in other electric architectures. So super, super exciting stuff for Mercedes-Benz. Next, according to a Reuters report, Rivian said on Friday it has closed a $2.5 billion fundraising round led by their already current investors, Amazon, Ford, T. Rowe Price, and I believe a few others. The announcement came the day after the California-based company said it was exploring building a second U.S. assembly plant. Citing unnamed sources, Reuters reported on Thursday that Rivian's planned plant dubbed Project Terra will include battery cell production. Chief Executive R.J. Scarringe said in a statement, quote, As we near the start of vehicle production, it's vital that we keep looking forward and pushing through to Rivian's next phase of growth. This infusion of funds allows Rivian to scale new vehicle programs, expand our domestic facility footprint, and fuel international product rollout. End quote. R.J. Scarringe said in a letter to customers last week that COVID-19 had delayed the launch of its vehicles. The first deliveries of the R1T previously slated for July were, are now pushed to September. So certainly this new influx of cash will help their ambitions, and it's definitely one of the few EV startups that I don't even question whether they will be successful at this point. It's just It's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when. Next, one of the biggest myths about EVs is now busted, according to an article from The Verge reporting on a new study out from the ICCT, the International Council of Clean Transportation. And the myth, basically, that EVs are dirty and cause more life cycle emissions than internal combustion engines is false. It has been false, and honestly... To anybody that is open to receiving new information, it's now completely busted as this new study confirms that electric vehicles are much cleaner than internal combustion vehicles. Over the life cycle of EVs, from digging up the materials needed to build it, the things that, that, that naysayers will typically point to and post copper mine pictures saying that they're lithium mines and so on and so forth because they don't really think it through. Sorry. Uh <laughs> Over the entire life cycle of an EV, it will release fewer greenhouse gas emissions than a gas-powered car, the research found. And that holds true globally, whether an EV plugs into a grid in Europe with a larger share of renewables or a grid in India or China that still heavily relies on coal. And what I've found is that generally, no matter what the truth is, People will believe whatever they want to believe. And when they hear something that they that mirrors or echoes what they believe, they will hold on to that so strongly, even when presented with new evidence to the contrary. Case in point here, people still claim that EVs are only as clean as the grids they run on. And right now, 
fossil fuels still dominate when it comes to the energy mix in most places. So people just have this argument that they will not let go of that EVs are dirty because you run them off of coal-powered electricity. Well, this new report says that even dirty grids do not make dirty EVs. So George, I think his last name's Biker, B-I-E-K-E-R, um, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. So George Biker, he's a researcher at the International Council of Clean Transportation, published the report saying, quote, we have a lot of lobby work from parts of the automotive industry saying that electric vehicles are not that much better if you take into account the energy production and battery production. We wanted to look into this and see whether these arguments are true, end quote. And the ICCT's analysis and results found that those arguments don't hold true over time. The report estimates that emissions from medium-sized EVs registered in 2021 in either India, China, the U.S., or Europe, and that would be countries that make up 70% of new car sales globally uh, and, and certainly are representative of other markets around the world, lifetime emissions for EVs in Europe are between 66 and 69% lower compared to that of uh, internal combustion vehicles that analysis found. And in the U.S., it's 60 to 68% fewer emissions. In China, which uses more coal, the, obviously the results aren't as good. It's 37 to 45% fewer emissions. And in India, being the worst um, or the dirtiest, it's between 19 and 34% lower. Now, it is important to note that the study assumes that the vehicle was registered in 2022 and will be on the road for about 18 years. Study authors ended up with a range of potential emissions reductions for each region by looking at the energy mix under existing policy, as well as projections from the International Energy Agency for what the future electric mix will look like as climate policies develop. But it's difficult to predict, of course, how much of the world's energy infrastructure will actually change. Uh, of course, you know, for example, here in the U.S., uh, President Joe Biden has set a goal of getting to a 100 percent clean electricity by 2035. But, you know, those policies still need to pass. I mean, Congress hasn't passed that. So uh, and even then, that's a very ambitious goal in order to actually get that to happen. Now, the study does admit that actually building an EV is still a little bit more carbon intensive than building a traditional vehicle. Uh, however, recycling, ultimately, EV batteries could eventually bring that carbon intensity down. But for now, EV drivers start to reap the climate benefits after driving their car for a year or so, according to this report. So that's when the car passes the threshold where the emissions that it saves by running on cleaner electricity make it a better option for the climate than your traditional internal combustion engine vehicle. So ultimately, uh, the hope here is that the ICCT's findings will help policymakers make more informed decision about the future of transportation, not necessarily to use something like this to convince your uncle Bob that uh, he's wrong and that EVs actually are cleaner. This is all about uh, uh, pushing policy to help policymakers make informed decisions. And ultimately, climate experts are rushing to bring global greenhouse gas emissions down to near zero by the middle of the century to avoid, hopefully, uh, the worst effects of global warming 
And I think at this point, it's very, very clear that electric vehicles are absolutely necessary and maybe one of the most important changes to make to um, get to that point. You know, um, hybrid electric vehicles that you don't plug in, that still burn gas, they aren't good enough. It's got to be a full battery electric vehicle. And the report recommends against allowing any new combustion vehicles on the road by the 2030s, the end of this decade, which, of course, many manufacturers are already kind of making those announcements anyway. So uh, hopefully this just helps add a little bit more push behind it. Uh, now, I did say, you know, this isn't to convince Uncle Bob, but uh, I'm going to put the link to the study in the show notes, and I would encourage all of you to check it out for yourselves, share it with everybody you know, because changing policy is one thing, and there are certainly people that uh, have the connections and, and lobbyists and things to be able to make that happen, like Gen 180, Generation 180 here in Charlottesville, Virginia. They're really, really good at helping shape uh, policy or encourage the shaping of uh, you know green policy. The rest of us, the only way that we can really fight misinformation is by taking articles uh, and studies like this and take that to our friends and loved ones, get the right information out there. So I would encourage all of you to do that. Next, Formula E was in London this weekend for a doubleheader on a race circuit that was partly indoors and partly outdoors, uh, which I think this was really cool. The Excel circuit saw the drivers running uh, outside along the Thames River waterfront, and then thanks to the emissions-free nature of the Gen 2 cars, this really unique track then weaves its way inside of, uh, I guess it was like a dock building or some sort of warehouse and, um, for Excel, and th I mean, I think that's really, really cool. I think this actually is the first time that we see uh, at least, you know, top level international motorsport racing on a circuit that is inside and outside. So that's super cool. I mean, the circuit by itself uh, is probably enough to make the news. But to the races, for the first of the two races in round 12, Jake Dennis took the checkered flag and celebrated his second win in the Formula E World Championship for BMW i Andretti Motorsport. The British driver started the London E-Prix from second on the grid, just behind Alex Lynn, who had edged him out for the pole position. The BMW driver moved ahead in the opening third of the race, pulled away from his rivals, and then uh, used the second attack mode to hold the lead all the way to the end of the race. And this victory places the rookie third in the driver's standings, headed into round 13, the second of the doubleheader this weekend, just two points below fellow Brit Sam Bird. Alex Lynn sparked wild celebrations down in the Mahindra Racing Garage as he claimed victory in round 13. Nick DeVries and Mitch Evans routed out the podium. Alex Lynn navigated, honestly, what could be called a frenetic encounter that had everything you could look for in a race, and the decisive moment of the race took place with the pack released after lap 13 being under a safety car. Now, Alex Lynn actually didn't cross the finish line first. That was Degrassi, and he had led the race for more than half, uh, and he did cross the finish line first, but was ultimately shown the black flag for failing to serve a drive through penalty, um, which he was given because it was deemed that he illegally uh, took the race leave a lead 
by driving through the pit lane under the safety car conditions on lap 12. So the result being now that Alex Lynn uh, would win, which uh, Mahindra Racing was over. <laughs> watch, go, go, go! Watch the uh, the recap and and because it's just they were very excited. Uh, so the result here leaves DeVries at the top of the World Championship points leading into the final race of this season in Berlin in three weeks. And Envision Virgin Racing still leads the way in terms of the team's points, uh, leading by seven points over Mercedes EQ with Jaguar Racing in third. And this weekend certainly didn't help Jaguar Racing. Um, they did not have a very good showing. And honestly, not as quite as exciting as Formula E racing. Uh, but it, here in Virginia, for me, I actually had my first look, uh, but not drive, sadly, at two new EVs that I would have in my own garage if money were no object or if I had a garage. Uh, <laughs> I guess I would have to have that first. Um, the first car that I saw was the Audi e-tron GTRS. And that is not to be confused with the e-tron SUV, okay? Uh, this is a sport coupe built on the same platform as the Porsche Taycan. And honestly, when you're looking at it, it shows. I mean, sculpted lines, and really cool, actually, an unpainted carbon fiber roof, uh, and all the luxury you'd expect from Audi. A very, very cool car. A very premium and exquisite feel from the car. Honestly, it's gorgeous. Uh, the one I, I got a chance to uh, get a really close look at was black. Um, and I did post some pictures to Instagram, but pictures really don't do this car justice. The second car was also black, uh, a brand new Tesla Model S Plaid. And actually, I got to get up close with two of them and sit in the driver's seat and check out the uh, yoke steering wheel. And I was actually taken back a little bit, uh, surprised because... It's a lot bigger, you know, wider than I was expecting. Uh, I don't know why I was expecting it to be smaller, um, but I mean, it's it's hefty. You know, it, it definitely gives you plenty to to, to grab onto. Um, I love the horizontal screen in the front. Uh, it's definitely more integrated into the dash than the screen in the Model Three and Model Y, and I, I really liked that. I think it's I don't want to say cheap, uh, but having it detached. Or, or mounted you know, separately on the dash in the Model 3 and the Model Y just doesn't give it a premium feel. So on the Model S here, it it was great. I mean, it, it looked really, really nice. Um, honestly, the Plaid may, at least on the outside, look like the older Model S's. I mean, it's similar. It's very similar. I think to the, to the untrained eye, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart if they were driving down the road. But... This car is so much better than all of the older Model S's. The build quality, overall fit and finish, the materials they used, just much more premium. Uh, this is a real world-class car. So that was very exciting for me anyway, to see both of these cars. And as soon as I get the chance, I'm going to drive them, film it, uh, hopefully take them to the track if Audi and Tesla will let me and uh, have some more fun. So, you know, that's uh, little news in, in the story of Zach's life there. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to look at the pictures, I did post them to Instagram. Uh, normally when I when I see cool things, I try to post 
post the photos to Instagram and Facebook because um, I don't know. I'm still a geek. When I uh, see some cool EVs, I get excited about it. But that is your show for this week. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the next few episodes are going to be audio only. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't already, if you live in the U.S. or Canada and you want uh, to make a road trip out of it, honestly, I, I, I want everybody to come. The Electric Vehicle Festival, October 3rd this year, we are going to have some, hopefully, knock on desk um hopefully some big announcements coming in the next few weeks about this um in terms of who or what will be there but honestly even the way it is come check out all the latest evs take your own ev on the track the two mile road course follows the natural terrain i mean it's absolutely gorgeous i think it's like 60 feet of elevation changes some very challenging corners even in your if you're an experienced racer you will love this track um and honestly if you're not an experienced racer just getting your car out on track uh that's going to be really cool we're going to have a huge farmer's market craft fair celebrating spotsylvania county in the middle of the oval track and lots of different activities and um really interactive displays and vendors it's going to be awesome so make sure you head over to electricvehiclefest.com pre-register everybody that pre-registers for general admission is going to get a gift uh, at the track when they show up we are going to have vip packages available hopefully very soon and um yeah just go to electricvehiclefest.com check that out and um get there come have some fun with us. We're throwing a big party for you. Uh, I do want to give a big shout out to our Patreon executive producers. They are Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller. And if you want to support the EV resource podcast, you can check us out there at patreon.com slash EV resource. As always, I invite your feedback via email to hello at EV resource.com. You can always leave a comment on the YouTube videos. Uh, even the ones that are only audio only like this. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you'll get all of the future shows delivered to you automatically. If you want to listen to any of the previous shows, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section and on pretty much every major podcast platform at this point. So, um, yeah, with that, thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week.